This week's episode features more sales, less profits, some cool flippity flips, and a heapin' helpin' of reselling news. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another edition of the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips. My name is Ryan, and if this is your first time here or your hundredth time here, welcome to the show. Big shout out and a thank you to everyone who showed up Monday night or has since caught the replay of my first ever YouTube live. Thank you very much. I had a good time doing that. I actually will probably do that again. I don't know that I'll put it in my regular rotation, um, but it was fun. It was fun. I appreciate everybody that turned out and all the comments and the discussion. So it was a good time. So look forward to doing that again at some point. Today we've got uh, the weekly and monthly recap. April is now behind us and we are on to May. I know a lot of folks did not think much of April and you can count me in that camp. It was arguably my second worst month probably ever, uh, most of which occurred over the last two weeks. So kind of disappointing for April, but we're on to the next. We will have a handful of pretty interesting flips for the week. But first, we're going to do news updates. Just a mad amount of reselling news. I asked for your feedback last week, and many of you commented that you really liked this portion of the podcast or the YouTube video. So it happens to coincide with a big mess of reselling news that came out over the last week. So we've got a bunch of stuff to cover. Let's get right into it. There's a really interesting article on Money Talks News about 10 Lego sets that resell for thousands of dollars. I always take these articles with a grain of salt because you see sometimes a writer will look at the eBay listings and assume that those are what the things are actually selling for. So you can make of this article what you will, but it's a really interesting look at some of the Lego sets that are selling really well. The writer appears to have been a lifelong Lego fan, so I assume he knows what he's talking about. Uh, some of the ones that they mention are the Star Wars Ultimate Collector's Millennium Falcon, uh, set number 10179. If you're a Lego, uh, I don't know, what they have some kind of term for those people. I don't want to call them blockheads. but <laughs> uh, If you're into Legos and you know anything about any of these, feel free to chime in on the comments. Uh, over on the YouTube video or reach out to me at galaxycds at gmail.com. Uh, there is another set called the Cafe Corner, a set called Market Street, a Grand Carousel, a Legoland Train, King's Castle, the Taj Mahal, the Statue of Liberty, an Airport Shuttle, and the Star Wars TIE Interceptor. Uh, some of these, they claim, are going for as much as five, $6,000. So uh, if you're into Legos, I really, I'm not into them. I get them for a couple little boys that I spend a lot of time with and we build the stuff, but I don't, I don't collect them per se. So I don't, I don't really follow the value of them, but I did have one that I found at a yard sale. It's been a couple of months ago, a Star Wars set that I picked up for, I think five bucks or 10 bucks that sold for a hundred. So I know there's some value out there in Legos. I think, uh, is it the flipping accountant? I think he's a big Lego guy. So if you're not following him and you're into Legos, go check out his channel, but uh, really interesting article. And as always, 
I will link to these in the show notes and the video description below. E-commerce Bytes has an article, eBay sees dollar signs with new seller ad models. There was a pretty big brouhaha several weeks ago, and I think it's probably still ongoing with, I believe it was Poshmark. No, it was Etsy. Using outside advertising sources and then charging that to the users, to the sellers. eBay apparently is looking at a similar business model in an attempt to raise additional money because they're not printing money already over at eBay. Uh, eBay is looking to further monetize its site by adding new advertising models, including promoted listings for auctions, cost per click ads, and this off-site ad program. And it is investing apparently quite aggressively in innovation technology-wise in those areas. Um, eBay's CEO told analysts the company was experimenting with these three new ad models during a call on April where they discussed first quarter earnings, which were quite good. By the way, if you didn't catch that, uh, gross merchandise volume, their sales grew 29%. Revenue was $3 billion with a B, a jump of 42% compared to the first quarter of 2020. So huge, huge quarter for eBay, but it's not enough. (laughs) Uh, They uh, said they continue to look at monetization as well as quote unquote, adding value to sellers. He also referenced the increased fees that eBay recently rolled out in the watches category that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. eBay's thought process is they are adding value for the sellers in that category with things like the escrow payments so they can justify a little higher fee. Their concern with advertising is that overall, quote, when I look at it, it's still only 1% of gross merchandise volume. And if you look at benchmarks, there's significant opportunity above that. And as long as we continue to add value to sellers, we think that will be a continued opportunity. Revenue from promoted listings grew 58% in the first quarter and was $224 million. So eBay made $224 million in a three-month span just from the extra fees that we all are paying if we're using promoted listings. I am not one that uses promoted listings. Let, Let us know in the comments what your results have been. I know a lot of folks really swear by those. I have not used them at all, but eBay clearly... Uh, they love them. $224 million. Uh, 1.3 million sellers, they can't claim, used promoted listings and applied those to close to 400 million listings. Total revenue for eBay from advertising already in 2020 was $1 billion, primarily through, again, promoted listings. Now they want to, they say, capture our next billion So uh, there you go. eBay is going to try to squeeze more money out of us through a variety of things that may or may not be beneficial for sellers. Let me know what you think. The cost per click thing, I'm not necessarily sold on. Um, Being able to do promoted listings for auctions might be interesting. The offside ad piece, I'm not sure I would want anything to do with. It'll be interesting to see if that's something that we're allowed to opt in or out of or if they just kind of force that on everyone. Uh, Despite all of the good news over at eBay, how they're going to mine more money and the results they had in the first quarter, their stock dropped more than 10% because they gave 
shed some light on what they project for future earnings. Uh, Mercari also had the same issue and did the same thing. We talked a little bit about this in the live on Monday. All of these players are starting to talk about post-pandemic business and revenue and their expectation that as things get back to normal or whatever the semblance of normal looks like as we go forward, their expectation is that they will have at least reduced sales growth, if not negative growth. So this is going to be real interesting. eBay openly admitted this on their call and their stock dropped 10%. This article is on CNBC. Uh, The company on Wednesday gave lighter than expected earnings guidance for the current quarter. So they're expecting an almost immediate change. So this next quarter, whatever it is, May through July, uh, they're expecting a significant change relative to last year. Um, Yeah, not good. Uh, If you're a stockholder, I still think eBay is probably a good long-term bet. I think you've seen a, what will be a long-term change in some people's buying habits. I think online marketplaces will continue to grow, but the rate of that growth, which has been phenomenal over the last year is certainly going to ratchet back. So again, I'll link to both of these articles, uh, both for eBay and Mercari. There's a lot of folks who still feel that the consensus on eBay is that it's a buy, but on Mercari, uh, a lot of folks are calling it a sell. They're not convinced that Mercari is in that great a shape. Uh, Another stock that has had some rough times here recently, we talked about it a few weeks ago, it continues to fall, is Poshmark, which is down 60% now from its all-time high, which happened, I think, on the first day or two after their IPO. Uh, The Motley Fool asks the question, is it now time to buy Poshmark? They seem to believe that Poshmark is poised for strong growth. So this is one reselling platform that at least the stock analysts expect to weather the storm maybe a little bit better than some of the others. Uh, The company's currently valued at about $3 billion, but it might be a great opportunity for long-term investors. Uh, Poshmark generated $1.4 billion in total gross merchandise volume across its platform last year. That volume translated into $262 million in revenue, which was a 28% increase. So again, really, really strong growth. Some, if not all of which, was driven by the pandemic. I don't know, and you can let me know what your thoughts are on this in the comments, if Poshmark was as strongly affected by the pandemic as maybe some of the others, with it being primarily clothing I don't know what that looks like. You know, if you needed books and puzzles and games and things to entertain the kids, that was not stuff that was on Poshmark. That was what drove eBay to a lesser extent, probably Etsy. Etsy's big one, obviously, was Masks, Mercari, and those sites to have the stratospheric growth that they had. So, uh, interesting time. The They talk about whether you want to invest $1,000 in Poshmark right now. I'll let you go check out the article to see if that's something that you want to invest in. Amazon has made some big changes. We didn't really discuss it here. Um, Travis Bird Knows Best brought it up in the comments on the last one that there are some major changes coming down the pike for FBA sellers about how much inventory they are going to be allowed to consistently store at 
Amazon. So big changes there that are going to impact Amazon sellers. Another thing that Amazon is doing, they are moving Prime Day this year to June. Uh, They report quarter one sales grew 44% over last year. Their number is $108.5 billion. That's just (laughs) ridiculous. Uh, And I can understand why people want to sell on Amazon with that kind of traffic and those kind of numbers. You really probably want to be on that platform. Um, But the downside is they, for my money, seem to make it all so difficult on their marketplace sellers, on their third-party sellers. They're constantly making changes, few of which seem to be beneficial to the third-party sellers, and all of which, of course, are very beneficial for Amazon. So that's one of the reasons I've kind of stayed away from it. I know it's a big moneymaker, but I just, I'm at a point in my career where I don't want the headaches. But uh, so Prime Day, whether you're a seller, if you are a seller, you really need to make sure if you're going to get stuff in there, you get it in there now because this thing is coming up in June and we're already into May. If you're a buyer, mark your calendar. Amazon Prime Day is moving to June Uh, Last year, it was in October. Next up, Yahoo Finance has an interesting article. Um, And this article has appeared, I think, in several other places as well recently. So this must have been a syndicated piece. The tricky business of reselling and how you can get good at it. If you've been reselling for a while, this is probably way too basic for you. But if you are new to reselling or are thinking about getting into reselling, this might be a really helpful article. It talks about Some of the things we talk about on this channel pretty regularly about starting with things from home and making sure to be aware of what your shipping costs and your fees and all of that kind of stuff are. So really interesting interesting article written by Cynthia Meesom. Again, it's appeared several places. The one I found here is on Yahoo Finance, uh, but a really nice primer on how to get started in reselling if you are brand new to it. Again, for a seasoned reseller, Sometimes reading these articles is helpful to remind us of some of the basic things that maybe as we've grown in our career, we've forgotten or have stopped doing or stopped being as efficient at. So there may be some worthwhile stuff here to go back and reread this thing, um, but really aimed more at the beginners. Another kind of startup article in a place I would never have really expected to find one, Seventeen Magazine has a article online, 17 Best Places to Sell Your Clothes Online. This was really interesting to me, and I'm not I'm not even a clothing reseller. I've got a handful of t-shirts and hoodies and that kind of thing and a bunch of hats, but I'm not I'm not a clothing reseller. There were a ton of sites. Well not a ton, there's only 17 <laughs> uh, total, but there were a lot of sites on this article that I had never heard of. They of course hit the big ones, uh, Depop, ThreadUp, Facebook Marketplace, Mercari, Etsy, Poshmark. And then they start to get into some that I, like I said, just frankly had never heard of. Buffalo Exchange, Crossroads Trading, ASOS Marketplace. I don't know if that's pronounced ASOS or if it is ASOS. Um, of course, eBay, The Real Real, Style Alert, Rebag, Swap, Tradesy, Vinted, and Refashioner. So probably half of that list I'd never heard of. Do do any of you sell on any of those platforms that are not kind of in the mainstream? Obviously, we know about 
Poshmark, Etsy, eBay, Mercari, the real real. But is anybody selling on refashion or, or have you even heard of that? Uh, really interesting article that talks about, and it gives kind of a summary of for some of the sites, what their rates are and what kind of traffic they get. So again, if you're thinking about getting into reselling and you're planning on doing clothing, this article on 17 might not be a bad place to start. Etsy last week announced new measures to crack down on the sale of banned products on its platform. Uh, They are going to make a significant financial investment to enlarge the company's content review team tenfold over the next few months. So if you're looking for a gig at Etsy, (laughs) uh, this might be a good time. Global digital marketplace Etsy has been around for 15 years. Like all online stores, it is also plagued by sellers who are trying to make a quick buck by selling banned items on the platform. The company has now decided to spend millions of dollars to tighten the enforcement of its terms after a recent report about listings for illegal products being sold. Uh, The company took to its blog to announce that it will spend an amount of $40 million to expand its trust and safety program. The funds will be used to enlarge the company's content review team, like I said, over tenfold during the next several months. It will also evolve its policies regarding weapons, hate or violent speech, mature content, and luxury counterfeit items. Um, Etsy also said it will release its annual transparency report for 2020, which would throw light on the company's track record for things like policy enforcement, intellectual property takedowns, order issues, and requests for member information or account action. Uh, According to Gizmodo, a recent investigation by Insider had revealed illegal products were listed on the platform, including mummified puppy remains, brass knuckles, spiked steel clubs, uh, poisonous plants, fake coronavirus memory me- remedies, rather, and even radioactive substances like uranium ore. Man, I had no idea <laughs> you could get that kind of stuff on Etsy. I thought it was like masks and Afghans and dolls. <laughs> um, the company said last year they received close to 4 million flags about products listed on the platform, which it said marked a 400% increase from those flagged in 2019 out of the 4 million complaints the company said that 80% were generated by its own internal systems so only 20% were reported by other users the rest of them were already caught by their internal process but now they want to ramp that up even further to take action against those illegal and or banned items and the last thing for this week's news eBay announced that they are expanding the standard envelope shipping shipping service to more categories. This is something we talked about several weeks ago that they're currently using primarily for trading cards under $20. There have been some mixed reviews on it because it is not an actual USPS tracking code. So there is some concern about the validity of the tracking. Most sellers that I've interacted with or have watched YouTube videos or listened to podcasts of that have used the service seem to be reasonably happy with it to this point. So eBay has decided to expand it. They will be adding this shipping service to postcards, stamps, coins, and paper money, uh, giving you a more secure way to ship than just using a stamp with tracking integrated into the label and with automatic tracking uploaded to the order. It will help you meet 
qualifications to be a top-rated seller. The eBay standard envelope saves you up to 70% off competitive services and is the lower cost way to ship small, lightweight items. They claim you also get standard size envelope convenience, drop-off convenience at regular USPS locations, discounted shipping rate not available at retail locations. Again, the integrated tracking automatically uploaded. Key here, acceptance scan not required. They claim that they will protect sellers against fraudulent item not received claims using this service. But given that there's no acceptance scan, I'm not totally sure how that thing works. Uh, If you've had an instance with that happened where you sent something out using this service and had a problem, let us know down in the comments how that worked out for you. The shipping protection plan is good up to $20 on single items and up to $50 on combined items in case of loss or damage. So it does represent a significant savings over the standard USPS first class package for items that weigh three ounces or less. There's some discussion about whether you really want a $20 trading card sent in kind of a standard envelope, but that's a topic for another day. I'm not a trading card seller, so I don't really have a comment on it one way or the other, but let us know what you think of this program. If you are a seller in other, any of those other categories, is this something that you would take advantage of? They also, in the article, do show what the um, minimum and maximum sizes of the envelopes are, the thickness, and the weight requirements. So there's a ton of information available. Um, They talked about this apparently in the community forum and in their chat on April 28th. I don't know when this thing is supposed to go live. It doesn't really say on here that I can see. I I don't see a date, but it's coming very, very soon. With that, we're going to take a really quick break for a sponsor message over on the podcast. Then we will be back with some what sold on eBay and Mercari and a look back at last week and the month of April. Stay tuned. We all know that one of the quickest ways to increase sales is to get your items seen on more platforms. But if you're like me and you have hundreds or even thousands of existing listings, the thought of transferring all of that information manually is pretty overwhelming. That's where a program like List Perfectly can come in really, really handy. I've been using it to transfer literally hundreds of items a day from my eBay listings over to Mercari, and it has been fantastic. I've seen an increase in sales, and I couldn't have done it without them. In fact, I'm so happy with how the program is working for me that I've become an affiliate for them. If you'd like to check out what it's all about, there's an affiliate link in the show notes and the description below. Be sure to click on it, and if you decide to sign up, enter promo code 634 to save 30% off your first month. I can't recommend it highly enough. That's list perfectly. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again.
So we're going to do the fun part first. We're going we're gonna to hit some of the some of the, some of the cool flippity flips that I had last week. Again, not a week where I had like a massive massive flip, nothing over a hundred bucks. But there was some interesting stuff that went out of here last week. These first items, I sold several of these to different buyers, kind of throughout the week. In and of themselves, they don't really look all that great. Uh, Slim Gauge News, different. It's a quarterly model railroading magazine from the 70s. It was a fairly limited run. Looks like it was only available for about four years. They're going for $15.99 each with free shipping, which doesn't sound like a lot, but this was part of the if you can haul it, you can have it pickup that I did on all this model railroad stuff a couple of weeks ago. So cost of goods sold on these is zero dollars. Uh $15.99 with free shipping for these little things. They end up working out pretty well with no cost of goods sold. They're reasonably profitable. They're moving out of here fairly quickly. So not big, big money individually, but when your cost of goods sold is zero, it's all good. Next up on Mercari uh, you may remember from a haul video about three weeks ago, I showed some Zumba DVDs, which I said I was not going to put on eBay because there are issues with Vero. I was only going to put them on Mercari. It took about two weeks to sell them for DVDs for $20 with free shipping. I think it cost me like $345 media mail to send these things out. So pretty nice sale. I can't remember what I paid for these. I want to say it was 3 or $4 for the, for the whole shoot match. It may not have even been that much. So this was a pretty nice little flip and kept some activity over on Mercari. This next item is another old book from 1922, The Essentials of Philosophy by R.W. Sellers. This was a hardcover. It did have some underlining and some notes in it, which I've talked about previously. I always try to take at least one picture of that, of an example of that kind of thing and make a note of it in the item description so that the the buyer is not surprised when they get the thing and there's notations in it. Nonetheless, this thing brought a best offer of $24. I think I was asking either $27 or $29.99 for this. So not bad. This was out of a big lot of books that I own for a quarter a piece. Another book also out of that big lot, A Treasury of Southern Folklore by B.A. Botkin from 1949. There are a whole bunch of these, apparently, and for different states. So this was a limited Texas edition. First printing went for $33.99, free shipping. Again, cost of goods sold was a quarter, so that's a pretty nice flip. This would probably be something that I, I don't know how often you would run across, but uh, the Treasury of Southern Folklore, there are special versions of this that are titled limited edition for different states. I don't know how many different ones there were, but uh, these came out in the 1940s and are not worth bad money. Another item on Mercari. This one I featured on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks, if you're not following me over there. The complete Shiloh Collection DVD three-pack. It included three movies, Shiloh, Shiloh Season, and Saving Shiloh. I'd never heard of any of these movies. <laughs> Uh, but I picked this up at a yard sale last week. I picked it up on Friday, listed it Friday afternoon, sold it on Sunday. I've got two bucks in it. It sold for $34. Uh, I had it listed, I think for 38. I got an offer for 30. I did what you're not supposed to do. I split the difference at 34 and the buyer accepted and they're on their way. 
Uh, these were in really nice shape. Looked to be like a nice set of family films. So 34 bucks, free shipping. Mercari on the board once again. Bonanza also on the board this week for an item that is the archetypal cautionary tale for electronics. <laughs> uh, I think I talked about this months ago. I bought this thing last fall when I bought it. It's a Pioneer VSX824K stereo receiver. Really nice piece. Was in its box, had its manual, had its remote. Looked to be in fantastic shape at the garage sale, so I paid up for it because new and in working condition, they were worth anywhere from 100 to 150 bucks. I paid $30 for it. I got it home, plugged it in, and it's dead. <laughs> uh, I was like, well, it's, it's in a, what appeared to be a brand new box. There wasn't a scratch on it. The thing was absolutely pristine, and there was something wrong with it. The HDMI connector had failed and somehow shorted out the system. I was able to get it to run long enough to give me an error code. So that's, that's the issue with electronics. You can get them if you don't have a way to test them right there or you don't because they look like they shouldn't need testing and then you test them and they're broken. You're kind of stuck. So I sold this uh, for parts or repair only. I sold it for $32 plus shipping. I made a little bit of money on the shipping on this deal um, using the the discount that's available through UPS. So it didn't. I didn't lose money on this thing, but what I was hopeful would be a $60, $80, or $100 profit turned into just a little bit better than a wash. And it's a they're obviously big and bulky and kind of a pain to deal with for shipping. So uh, still, well, you know, it's gone. I got my money back out of it. So from that standpoint, I can take that money now and reinvest it in hopefully some better product. So it's still a win, but that's the thing that I've talked about regularly to be cautious of with electronics. Sometimes they can bite. A CD. This one was a surprise uh, from 1987. Stars Do It With The Lights On. Uh, this went for 55 bucks on a best offer plus customer paid shipping. I think I had it listed for $59.99. Really unusual, hard to find item. It was in like new condition. 55 bucks. This was part of the big lot that I owned for three and a half cents. So that's a really, really nice flip. Another big book, also from a long, long time ago, from 1841, a classical dictionary of the Greeks and Romans. This particular book had been rebound by a library. So the cover that you see in the photo, if you're watching on YouTube, is not the original cover. And again, you can see right in the title, I disclosed that it had been rebound. But this was a massive book, 1,450-some pages, and... The, the book, the contents itself, were in really, really good shape given that age. A little bit of tanning, minor foxing, the little spots where moisture appears to have gotten on the pages. But overall, for a book of that age, was in pretty solid condition. This went for a full price purchase of $59.99 with free shipping. And again, it's out of that lot I own for a quarter apiece. So that's a pretty profitable sale. You would think I made money last week. <laughs> uh, but as we're about to find out in a few minutes, it was not really all that great. But uh, here is your flip of the week. I've had these actually for a little while. I think I showed these or talked about these last fall when I picked them up. 
I picked up two sets of tarot cards. This is the second set, the first one I sold a while back. Uh, the Goddess Inspiration Oracle Tarot Deck. I picked these up, I think, for $3 at a garage sale last fall. These sold on Mercari for $70 with free shipping. So really nice flip. They were under a pound to ship with first-class mail, so not a bunch of money in the shipping. Um, 70 bucks out of 3 bucks. I would I would take that all of the time. So that is your flip of the week. So despite all of those good flips, the week was not, it wasn't terrible. It was better than the week before, but still not quite on par with average for sales. I also, man, I I mentioned in the live on Monday, they've been driving me all over the place. I did two drives last week. Monday, I went to Mishawaka, Indiana, which is essentially a suburb of South Bend. And then on Thursday, I went to Clarksville, Tennessee, which is just outside of Nashville. So I spent 21 hours driving last week. So that's two days, two work days, totally lost uh, to that little side gig. So listings for the week, still managed to get 70 done, which was okay. Uh, that was got my eBay total to sixty four eighty three, which was a net loss of five for the week. So I had seventy five items sold last week, which is still down, not on par for my normal eighty plus, but a little better than the week before. Over on Mercari, I did manage to get one hundred and twenty eight new listings up for twenty five eleven total, which was a gain of eighty nine sales for the week. Did rebound. They were better than the week before. Twelve twenty and forty three cents. So still not quite to that thirteen hundred dollar average, but much much improved. A wide variety of sources. The Westchester Antique Center still not really killing over there. Fourteen dollars and ninety four cents. Bonanza at ninety nine ninety nine. Mercari at one hundred and seventy bucks, and eBay for nine thirty five fifty. So eBay rebounded. So. About $160 better than the week before. Mercari was decent. Bonanza was up quite a bit. So all in all, not not too bad for the week on that front. Cost of goods sold for the week was $41.02, which left me with a net profit margin of 96.64% or $1179.41. Expenses for the week, however, were high. My rent was due over at the Westchester Antique Center. So $172 there, $288 and some change in shipping, $177 in various eBay and Mercari fees for a total of $644.59, which left me with a net profit of $534.82 or 43.82%. So short of my goals in both of those categories, probably the biggest contributor to that being the Westchester Antique Center rent and the, the thing not paying for itself. It's still doing what I set out for it to do, which was, again, to get some of the stuff out of my house and generate a little money. It's essentially offset the cost of just having a storage unit. So it's still kind of in the wheelhouse of what I want it to do. Um, but I did this week take over a little bit higher end merchandise. I took over some framed art to put on the wall over there. So hopefully it can generate a little bit more business this month. For the month of April, uh, like I said, it was 
the last two weeks were pretty poor. April on balance overall was one of the worst months I've had since I started doing this full time. I think other than my first full time month, which was October of 2019, this was the slowest month I had in terms of sales. I did 440 listings on eBay, 1,209 over on Mercari. Sales for the month just missed 5,800, 57.95 and 57 cents. So first time under 6,000 in quite some time. I'd made 93 cents in affiliate income, $110.34 at the Westchester Antique Center, 126.48 at Bonanza. 596 on Mercari. So again, pretty solid, not quite what I want over there yet, but still it's it's getting there. And 4961.82 on eBay. Cost of goods sold for the month, 177.63 for a net profit of 96.94% or 56.1794. Uh, operating expenses for the month totaled 2467.59. Again, kind of the standard Lots of shipping and the eBay Mercari fees. I had my list perfectly subscription that came due, of course, and the rent over at the antique center. So some extra expenses that I was not incurring previously that hopefully over longer term will lead to more sales growth. Net profit for the month, 54.36%. So right in the range of where I like to be, 3150 and 35 cents. So essentially it did what I wanted it to do, but it was all at the beginning of the month and the end of the month, the trend was in the wrong direction. It was definitely down. So let me know in the comments what, what your April looked like. Was it, was it good at the start, bad at the end, bad at the start, good at the end? Was it consistent? What, what kind of month did you have in April? I saw, I think it's uh, a Midwest seller. She commented that uh, I think the, the headline, the title <laughs> for a YouTube video was uh, sales in April sucked. So there you go. Uh, that's at least two of us that are in the complaint column for April. With that, we're going to wrap it for this week. Uh, again, thank you as always for stopping by and spending a little time here. If you enjoyed this content, if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button. If you know others who might get some benefit or at least some interest or knowledge out of this kind of podcast slash video, please feel free to share it with them. And now it's time to sell. Thanks guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.